Springtime in Columbus, Ohio, offers residents the chance to get outside and experience all the capital city has to offer. From checking out a festival to spending the day at the Columbus Zoo, it's a city that has something for everyone. But on March 9th, 1992, in Franklin County, an unthinkable act was taking place. I'm Jennifer Blades, and this is Season 2 of the Unanswered Podcast, Cold as Ice. March 9th started out as any other day for 20-year-old Amy Hooper. She and a friend had recently moved into the Lincoln Village Apartments at 4942 Medford Way. As the baby of the family, Amy was described as kind of spoiled. Being that her two sisters were 8 and 10 years older than her, she was like a doll for them. Amy was loving, kind, and maybe what some would call a social butterfly and sometimes a little bit too trusting of others. She loved animals and wanted to pursue a career in fashion and was working at a leather store in the Westlake Mall. She also worked for a department store in the mall where she designed displays. As I mentioned, Amy loved animals, so it was no surprise that when her sister Holly was going out of town, Amy would be the one to watch her dog. During that time, Holly agreed that Amy could use her car, Amy was planning on visiting her boyfriend, who attended Bowling Green State University. It was reported that Holly didn't want Amy to drive her car to Bowling Green, so Amy hatched a plan to switch Holly's car with her mother's car for the weekend, unbeknownst to Holly's mother. Amy returned to Columbus on Sunday evening after spending the weekend with her boyfriend. I'm sure it was an unforgettable weekend, as Amy's left hand was now adorned with a shiny diamond ring. It's unclear if it was an engagement ring or not. But that Sunday, after she returned, she met up with some friends for the evening. The following morning, around 6.30 on March 9th, Amy went to return her mother's car back to her so she could get to work at a local elementary school where she taught third grade. The two chatted as her mother got ready, and her mother later reported that Amy was in a good mood and it was just a normal morning. Amy had a meeting at work, so she drove Holly's car back to her apartment to get ready. Except, something was wrong. Holly tried to get a hold of Amy around noon to make plans to retrieve her car from her, but she was unsuccessful at reaching her. Holly then called their dad to ask for him to take her to Amy's apartment to see if her car was there. They arrived at the apartment, knocked on the door, but there was no answer. Holly did see her car in the parking lot and was able to use her spare key. Holly and her dad left, and Holly did reach out to her mother at work to see if she knew where Amy was, but she wasn't able to get a hold of her. It seems that her friends and co-workers were also wondering where Amy was, because she missed that morning meeting, and that was unlike her. Around 3.30 that afternoon, Amy's job called her emergency contact, who was her mom, Amy's family really started to worry because this was totally out of character for Amy. Around 4 p.m., Amy's parents rushed to Amy's apartment and managed to get a maintenance worker from the complex to open her unit up. Her mother stayed behind while Amy's father and the worker went inside to search for Amy. They made it upstairs to a gruesome scene. Amy was lying on the hardwood floor, 
naked, with her hands tied behind her back. Amy had been beaten in the head, and an autopsy report would reveal that she had suffered several stab wounds post-mortem. Oddly, there was a necklace found at the scene, and again, there was conflicting information of whether it was in Amy's hand or if it was wrapped around her hands. Her sister, Sandy, reported that Amy purchased the heart-shaped wooden leather necklace that was painted red, yellow, and green from a reggae festival the two had gone to together. Was this strange detail of leaving the necklace something? A clue of sorts, or just nothing at all? Or maybe the killer wanted to throw investigators off? Police reported that there didn't appear to be any signs of forced entry or a struggle, which makes it possible that Amy may have known her attacker. But I did mention that Amy was described as being very trusting. Did she unknowingly open the door to a complete stranger, not knowing that that person meant her harm? Amy's roommate and her boyfriend were both cleared of any wrongdoing. To this day... There haven't been any known suspects or motive. There was DNA left at the scene, but it hasn't produced any leads. Police continue to send evidence to be tested at the BCI, which is the Ohio Attorney General's Bureau of Criminal Investigation. They're responsible for testing all DNA cases submitted by law enforcement agencies in Ohio. One other strange thing that happened after Amy's murder was over the next several weeks, a few women on the west side reported to police that they had received strange phone calls. J.C. Chuck Clark, the cold case detective at the Franklin County Sheriff's Office, said about the calls, quote, It was bizarre, and we don't know if there was ever any real connection. But people would get calls, and a man would say, quote, Remember Amy Hooper? You're going to end up just like that. End quote. Police are still investigating Amy's case, and a $5,000 reward is offered for any information that leads to an arrest and conviction. If you have any information to help solve this 31-year-old cold case, you're asked to submit a tip to the Ohio Attorney General's website at www.ohioattorneygeneral.gov. Keep listening for this week's Ice Cold Bonus Case. This week's ice cold case takes place in Indianapolis, Indiana. After visiting her sick grandmother in the hospital with her brother and father on March 22nd in 1993, 19-year-old Carmen Van Hus left her father's house around 10 p.m. to make the 20-mile drive back to her studio apartment on the north side of Indianapolis. She mentioned to her father that she was going home to do laundry even though he wanted her to stay because it was late and it was cold and drizzly out. Carmen made it home, but around 11 p.m., neighbors reported they heard her and an unidentified male talking and laughing as they entered her apartment. Between 1 and 1.30 in the morning, which was now March 23rd, neighbors heard loud fighting and reported hearing Carmen yelling, quote, Get off! Get off of me! End quote. A few minutes later, they heard footsteps leaving her apartment and running down the hallway. No one called the police, 
but someone did complain to the apartment manager, who left a handwritten note on Carmen's door about the noise. When Carmen didn't show up for her shift at a Pizza Hut restaurant where she was a waitress, it didn't appear that anyone was alarmed. It wasn't until someone inquired about her that it sparked her manager to contact Carmen's father days later. He went to her apartment where, sadly, he found Carmen raped and brutally stabbed multiple times with what detectives believe to be a pocket knife and a screwdriver. It's believed that Carmen knew her killer, and it was quite possibly the man that neighbors heard her laughing and talking with. It also appears that they shared a meal and had some beers as well. Carmen did have a boyfriend, but he was out of town during the time of her murder. Her friends did suspect her ex-boyfriend, but he was also out of town. There was DNA found from the rape. Those two men were ruled out. It's likely that the killer could have been a friend or acquaintance of Carmen's. So if you have any information that could help bring justice to Carmen and her family, you can visit fbi.gov to submit an anonymous tip. The link can be found in the show notes. Thank you for listening. As mentioned last week that this is the final episode of Season 2. But join me next week as I recap and discuss this season's cases with a good friend of mine. Make sure you follow the Unanswered Podcast wherever you get your podcast. And like and follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at The Unanswered Podcast for all the latest updates. Season 3, When Love Hurts, will be out this July 2023. Until then, stay safe.